When you need mealtime inspiration, it's worth Shopping Kroger, where you'll find over 30,000 mouth-watering choices that excite your inner foodie. And no matter what tasty choice you make, you'll enjoy our everyday low prices, plus extra ways to save, like digital coupons worth over $600 each week. You can also save up to $1 off per gallon at the pump with fuel points. More savings and more inspiring flavors make Shopping Kroger worth it every time. Kroger, fresh for everyone. Fuel restrictions apply. 92% of households that start the year with Peloton are still active a year later. 92% because of a bike? Not just bikes. We also make treadmills and rowers. Oh, let me guess, for elite athletes only, right? Nope. It doesn't matter if you're an avid exerciser or new to working out. Peloton can help you achieve your fitness goals. 92% stick with it. So can you. Try Peloton bikes, tread or row, risk-free with a 30-day home trial. New members only. Not available in remote locations. See additional terms at onepeloton.com slash home dash trial. This is the Decibel Geek Podcast with Aaron Camaro and Chris Sinzak. Here we are, and there you are. We're all here for the same reason, and that reason is the Decibel Geek Podcast. Yeah, it's that time once again this week. We're ready to rock and roll. You know us. You love us. I'm Aaron Camaro. There's Chris Sinzak. You're a little presumptuous. Some people might actually hate us. Why would they download this damn show if they hated us? I don't know. Somebody made fun of us this week. Could you imagine somebody like, this show plays such good music, and I love what they do so much, but I just hate the hosts. Could you imagine how terrible that would be? What a conundrum. It would suck to be hated. Let's move on to other talk. <laughs> Thankfully, we're loved, right? Worldwide, right? I think so. If you hate us, I don't care. Um, yeah, no. Thanks for Thanks for tuning in. He don't care. I care. You care? I care. You, okay. Well, then please like Aaron. <laughs> <laughs> no, glad to uh, be back with you after it's been another week and uh, ready to rock out a little bit more. Uh, yeah. I'll always be your number 11 if I need to be. Yeah, yeah, yeah. <laughs> a lot of uh, good response to Aaron, the Aaron Camaro show last week. That was pretty fun, huh? It was really fun for me. I really liked it, man. I had a, I basically had a week off last week. I just had to do an intro, and I was good. So normally the way it works is that you do all the heavy lifting, yeah. and you know, then I get to kick back and listen to the episode when it comes out on Monday, just like everybody else. Yeah. So I'm at work, you know, and I'm dying to listen to it, so I'm hiding somewhere so I can hear it. So how was it for you to just get to kick back and actually listen to the episode as it comes out, just like everybody else for once? I loved it. I, th- I think we need to keep it that way. Yeah. So enjoy editing. <laughs> from now on Aaron <laughs> this episode is not brought to you by Aaron Carrero <laughs> no it was it was fun to have a week off but now I'm ready to be the control freak that I am and uh, tinker around with this one when we're done I totally see how you got a problem how you could easily have I could totally turn I into Axl Rose editing one of these oh episodes. I get psychotic about it sometimes it could, if I had my own podcast it would probably take me a month <laughs> to edit one episode just because I just I totally Axl Rose out you know what I mean <laughs> 15 years for a new episode <laughs> it better be a good one podcast democracy <laughs> nice no yeah we I think we have a fun theme this week and uh, before we get to that we want to recognize some of you guys because you know it's nice having people listen to us see i told you they love us yeah and uh one thing's we, one thing that we really love to hear from especially with you guys is the itunes reviews yes and it seems like a little bit of work but and it kind of is but it is kind of a pain in the ass but to yeah. us it's so worth it because I, the itunes is the main place that most of you listen from 
and iTunes is the podcast hub until something comes along that's better. And and so I don't it, see that happening. Probably not. So what means a lot is it's for us to get a bigger audience. Part of that is you got to get featured on iTunes a little bit and move up the rankings. So basically, like, iTunes is our boss. Kind of is. They're they're our boss, and we need to get good reviews from our customers to show to the boss so that the boss knows that we're worthy so that when he's talking about all his employees and all the podcasts out there, he will take the time and be like, oh, yeah, and the Decibel Geek podcast. Those guys, they're awesome. But he won't mention us if we don't get the reviews. We yeah. need the reviews. And reviews are like the biggest thing to raise your stature in iTunes. With Big Daddy iTunes. Yeah. And so we, you know, I thought we would recognize some of you that are actually leaving reviews and kind of spurn you on to leave more reviews. Yes, please. Yes, there is a method to the madness. Right on. So I'm going to read a couple of short ones this week. Um, a guy named Dude Monster. Dude Monster. <laughs> I like that. Left a review on May 13th. says, this show rules. This is one of my favorite podcasts. These guys do in-depth research and have great insight. I highly recommend it. So I appreciate that. Um, Short I'm, but sweet, but to the point. Five stars, I'm assuming, right? Yes, and yeah. I'm, I'm not sure that uh, Wikipedia is in-depth research, but thank you for the compliment anyway. Yeah, absolutely. Actually, Aaron does much better research than I do. He actually really digs for it. I try. And then uh, the second one I want to read this week, another five star, is from a, a subscriber named Wyatt's Me Too on April 29th titled As Good As It Gets. It says, I live in a small town in Michigan, and there are not many like-minded music listeners here. Chris and Aaron have a great way of making you feel like you're hanging out with old friends talking about... <laughs> let me scroll. Talking about the thing I love most, music. I enjoy hearing the songs of the past, and I found new music tool. Keep up keep up the great work, guys. You rock. That's awesome, man. That's what it's all about. This guy in Michigan... There's a lot of rock and rollers in Michigan. You got the wrong friends, my man. You got to find you some (laughs) new friends because there's some rock and rollers up there in Michigan. I know it because they're tuning into the Decibel Geek podcast. Until you find them, thanks for hanging out with us. So the the key to this is whatever town you're in, you know, and of course we we so much appreciate those iTunes reviews. But if you're in a town, a small town somewhere, and you just, you got to figure out who the other rock and rollers are. That's where going to decibelgeek.com and getting yourself a t-shirt comes in handy because if you're all wearing Decibel Geek t-shirts, you'll be able to pick each other out. It's beautiful. It's like a name tag. So whatever town you're in in Michigan, everybody that's a rock and roller that's cool needs to order a Decibel Geek t-shirt so you can tell each other apart. See? And swear allegiance to the Packers instead of the Lions, right, Aaron? Well, I'll, I'll settle for the the Decibel Geek <laughs> podcast for now. Even if you're a Lions fan, you're still okay if you if you listen to the show. If you rock and roll, it yeah. makes up for it. It's all good. Vikings fans, uh, I don't know. That <laughs> Let's was, not push it. That was for you, Baco. Totally <laughs> okay. So, um, geeks of the week. Before we get into our awesome theme this week, geeks of the week this week are these are the people that shared on Facebook and retweeted on Twitter last week's episode that we these had. These are with, the people that love us more than anybody else. Yes, these are the people that shared and retweeted the hair of the dog discussion last week good job so on that Aaron awesome. thank you and uh, nice to have you know Ryan and, back and on the show yeah, again thanks to Ryan and, and, John. and John for coming on you know what like I said it, it was something special for me because it was like taking a walk down memory lane myself and it and I've always wanted to use my power of rock and roll whether it be on radio or whether it be the decibel geek podcast to introduce people to hair of the dog because that's a band that deserves to be heard they're one of the best bands that I've ever heard and one of the best bands I've ever seen live 
and some of the coolest dudes around. All so right. I'm so happy to be able to contribute to the rock and roll and getting the word out about Hair of the Dog. That's right. Always. And these are the people that got the word out. Mike Blunt, Rich Dillon, Baco, Dave Shirt, Jay Arnold, Derek Novak, Chad Wagner, Brent Walter, Cobras and Fire, Crash Craft and David Stonitz, Justin A6, Mark Alden Taylor, Joe Lescon, Todd Cunningham, Warren Money, Andrew Jacobs, Brian Nab, Brian Knapp, Brant Cattell, David Pastor, The Rockin' Donkey, Ken Chase, Amber Hutto, Paolo Tom Tomas, Kevin E. Williamson. He said on Twitter, thanks for turning me on to Hair of the Dog. Bought their entire catalog this week. Hashtag cleaning out my wallet. Shazam. That's there, what it's all there about. You go. Uh, Hoops, HK Collectibles, TJ Cullen, 1171, Music Mags and Wax, The Mooger Fooger, Billy Hardaway, Podcasts Are the Best, All Over the Podcast, and Daniel Chaput. Man, that's a list of some kick-ass people right there. You know, those are names, a lot of them that I recognize, a lot of people that are chiming in some on the Facebook page, and some new ones, you know. Welcome to the conversation. Welcome to the Decibel Geek Podcast. Welcome to rock and roll. And speaking of rock and roll, we should probably get to talking and playing some rock and roll. Absolutely. You know, there's this, when you kind of, we talked about this, I was a little confused. There was like one song that spread, jumped to my mind right away, but mm -hmm. after that, I was lost. Oh, I, you know, and Aaron and I actually, we were, you know, we'll just sit around and we'll BS when we're not doing this, the show. And uh, that's usually how a lot of the show topics will come about. Uh -huh. The ones that we don't steal from the Facebook page. Yeah, that course. happens too. <laughs> but uh, this one, I, I can take credit for this one. It just, it suddenly dawned on me. I was like, should have been a single. Because this, uh, this is something that a lot of music listeners can relate to is like, you'll see like one or two songs. And sometimes the album, some of the albums we picked are big albums. Some of them, we album, some of these did nothing. And, you know, and some of them are brand new and some of them are new. And so some of, you know, and so it's, we pick these for different reasons, but there's always songs where you'll be like, why did they not pick this song? Yeah, of, this would have been this, a, one. this song would have been huge. Yeah. You know, you, you buy an album, you listen to a song and you say, well, that's the single, huh? You know, and then you listen to the rest of it and you say, man, if that would have been the single, maybe it would have done something. It would have done something or and, it could have done more or it could have done been more. even better. Yeah. So, um, so yeah, that, and the, the first song I'm going to play is uh the is like you said the first one that sprung to mind for me and I've always thought this song should be a single so I guess we'll just get into it um my first pick is a is a band we never play called Kiss wait uh, yeah Kiss yeah they're this group of guys from uh, New York and yeah yeah, in 1983, they did an album called Lick It Up, and they had taken off this face paint that they used to wear all the time. That doesn't sound cool. Yeah, and they had this guy that was a savior named Vinny Vincent playing guitar for them. Oh, that guy. I've yeah. heard of him. <laughs> <laughs> I don't know about a whole lot about uh, Kiss, but I know Vinny yeah. Vincent. But uh, yeah, in seriousness, Lick It Up came out on September 18th, 1983. It was their 11th studio album. Um, on the day of the album, the day the album was released was the day they did the MTV unmasking. Really? I didn't know it was the same day. Wow, that's cool. That's good. I did my, yeah, uh, my in-depth research. As that's marketing, baby. That's right. Right there. Uh, they recorded Lick It Up at Right Track and Right Track Studios and Record Plant Studios, produced by Gene Paul and Michael James Jackson. And man, that guy, boy, two albums with the band, but two of the best albums they ever did, in my opinion. But yeah, um, so yeah, he did a great job on the album and the singles from Lick It Up were the title track, Lick It Up, which was a good choice. Sure. It's a catchy tune. Yeah. And, uh, and it reminded you what the name of the album was when you went right. to go buy it. Still, sure. still played in concert to this day, one of their most popular songs. Yeah. The other one was All Hell's Breaking Loose and I do love the song. I do too. Um, of course, it's the greatest hip hop song right. of all time, right? And maybe that's why Kiss released it. They were cashing in on this new rap trend that was big on the market. <laughs> But cashing uh, in, hell no, they were setting the trend. Yeah, that's right. It was them and rappers' delight. 
totally. But, but yeah, but there, there was one song on the album, that, and I love the entire album, but there's one song on the album that every time I've heard it, I'm like, why the hell did this not get played on the radio? Because it, it has everything you would have wanted from a radio song in 1983. I'm talking about a song called A Million to One. Oh, yeah. This song has everything. It's got melody. It's got hooks. It's got a great lead guitar part, and Paul's vocals are incredible on it. Totally. So let's stop talking and let's get to playing some music. This is Kiss, written by Paul Stanley and Vinnie Vincent, A Million to One.
I love it. I mean, back then, I totally could have heard that on the radio. I could have totally seen the video on MTV. I think it would have been him. As long as there was some post-apocalyptic bullshit going on. some half-naked chicks. Of course, half-naked chicks. This kiss we're talking about. Or fully naked chicks, as we were watching before the the show started. Oh, yeah. Yeah. We'll talk about that in the future. Yeah, we will. (laughs) All right. Sorry. So what's your first pick? All right, my first pick is one that, you know, and this is kind of funny because over the last couple of years, I've actually become a pretty good Cheap Trick fan. And I'm looking at different, you know, albums, different eras, and one era that's kind of weird for Cheap Trick, and they've made a huge impact on the world of music with a certain song that, you know, I mean, what do I... I'm confused by this whole should have been a single thing. So what do I know? I mean, I'm, the album I'm talking about is Lap of Luxury. Mm-hmm. And the song was The Flame. Oh, no, 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 yeah. no, no. Don't turn. Don't stop. I'm I'm not going to play The Flame. I love The Flame, honestly. Really? Oh, sure. I love ballads. You know that. Yeah, but those songs, <laughs> man. Some of those it's songs, ballad. it's like that and Michael Bolton. It's like romance novels set to music exactly. i can't stand it i hate it ah. they also had don't be cruel on that album they did have don't be cruel which that was i'll elvis admit was, it was a pretty cool elvis cover i like that but here's a song buried deep deep down within lap of luxury that reminds me a classic cheap trick and i think you know but what do i know i'm stupid i'm a stupid metalhead what do i know <laughs> you know the flame was a number one hit single for crying out loud yeah but, but you could, this is what you would have picked this is what i would have picked and it's a song it rocks it reminds me of an old school cheap trick and it came out on lap of luxury which is weird but this is a good one so enjoy this and crank it up it's cheap trick with all wound up
can't believe you played one of the classic songs. You didn't play one of the classic songs from the Doctor album. I don't know any classic songs. No on one the does because there are no classic <laughs> songs on the Doctor album. Right. I'm not even a diehard Cheap Trick fan, but I know what a crime against humanity that album is. I'm going to go with my next pick with a song that the reason this song never got played on the radio is pretty obvious. Because when you reference the KKK in the title of your song, <laughs> you're probably not going to get much airplay. Probably not. But that aside, this is a great song by the Ramones. And, Otherwise, um, it's like, here's this great new song I wrote about ISIS. Yeah, no shit. But, uh, you know, it's the, the KKK was a heavy subject, especially in the early 80s. But uh, they put out a song on their sixth studio album, released July 20th, 1981, uh, on their Pleasant Dreams album. And it was produced by a guy named Graham Gouldman. Now, Graham Goldman was a he was in a band called 10CC. Do you remember 10CC? I do. They were like some AM like gold soft, kind soft of stuff. Rock. Yeah, yeah, and they were real big in the seventies. But right. it was let's just say it's pussified rock. Is oh, what totally. It was. Yeah, and, I'm telling you, yeah. AM gold. Yeah, as much, I can't think of one of their songs, but it was like uh, they had a song super, called "I'm Not in Love" that was a huge yeah. hit. Yeah. Oh yeah. It's as corny. It's like big boys don't cry. Yeah, it's just really lame. Yeah. But um. But Graham Goldman had a real cachet in the music industry at the time. Okay. Because just, you know how the music industry, kind of like the Rolling Stone crowd, will be holier than thou and find certain people. You're, and you, us as rock fans will be like, why are they popular? You right. know, Graham it's, Goldman it's was one of them. those people. It's like the cool guys know, club. You know, yeah. Yeah. Well, Graham Goldman was like kind of a cool guy at the time. And um, the, the Ramones before this were on Sire Records and then Sire merged with Warner Brothers and Sire was a very small company and none of the singles from this album got released in the U.S. Really? Which is really sad because the reason... they're from the U.S. I guess. Well, the reason they that they got Graham Goldman to produce this album was to try to expand the fan base and also to please music industry insiders and it was they were trying to kiss ass of the man and get their songs on the radio. By writing songs about the Ku Klux Klan. Well, <laughs> no, the song is a great song, but the, the it, like I love this album, and a lot of Ramones fans don't like this album. Yeah, but it's, I love this song. It's an experimental track, and it's a cool song. And I'll get a little bit into the story of the song when we come back. But this okay. is the Ramones with the KKK took my baby away.
man that's an awesome song but now i've been waiting tell me the story okay the story is and this is this is debated among ramones fans so i don't know which one you want to believe because it's more fun to believe the sensationalized version of it okay um i've as i said i would have released this as a single although i think we want the airwaves and she's a sensation that they released before were good songs for the radio too i like we want the airwaves that's a good song but all right joey was dating this girl named linda and Around this period of time, she started seeing Johnny behind Joey's back. Okay. And Johnny wound up marrying this girl. Oh, Johnny wow. stole this girl away from Joey, and that's what started the whole rift between Joey and Johnny. Yeah, that'll do it. Yeah. That'll totally do it. And he stayed married to band. her till he died. So, I mean, huh. it, it was more than just, I'm going to steal your girlfriend. Right. They actually loved each other. Okay. And Joey would hold a grudge. Yeah. Because Joey did not do great with Joey the girls. Joey loved her, too. He did. He was obsessed with her. And he wrote, like, She's a Sensation. A lot of these songs were about... Linda. Wow. Um, so there's there's back and forth stories because some people have said in the camp have said this song was written before the whole split and thing that happened, but then other people say no, he did write that. The, the the theory is that the KKK Joey's writing about Johnny. Okay. Because Johnny was like Johnny a hardcore. Racist? He was always a hardcore conservative. Yeah. So kind of like in with the whole Republican crowd. Okay. And. Joey wow. viewed that as like a racist, you know, homophobic and whatever not. Yeah, D- Joey's a hard, crazy. Joey was a hardcore left-wing person. Johnny was a hardcore right-wing person. And their politics did affect their relationship, too. They hated each other. And so did their girlfriend. Exactly. <laughs> so the theory is that Joey wrote this song about Johnny stealing his girlfriend from him. That's pretty crazy, man. Yeah. I've never heard that. I would have never put that together listening to the song. I always thought it was just kick-ass rock tune. What did I know? Yeah, but like fans think the album was too slick. It only peaked at number 58 on the Billboard charts. But man, I think Pleasant Dreams is a good album, Pound for Pound. And I love that song, and it should have been a single. All right, there you have it. All right, so it's my turn now, and I've got one for you. This is the band Local H, and you guys have heard me sing the praises of Local H before. I'm sure if you've got a uh, modern rock station in your town, you've heard the song Bound for the Floor. That's why I don't you know, like them. The copacetic song. <laughs> I you know, song. I don't understand that. You know, this is a band that's been around for a long time. Like I said, their their new new album that just came out in April was their eighth studio album. They've been around for quite a while, mm-hmm. and that's the only song out of this band's whole catalog that, that, everybody a, that a radio station can play. That's all I knew from them until you started telling me about them. And that's, it's a cool song, but they've right. got so many better songs than that, you know, even that you just never hear. So this new album that they came out with in April was called Hey Killer, and it was funded on Pledge Music with a per- percentage of the mu- of the uh, the funds going to the Music Cares charity. Cool. I think that's pretty awesome. You know, and Local H, it's a two-man band. If you ever seen them live, I know I've seen them live a bunch of times. They always kick ass. Parents so, performed with them. Sort of. I'll <laughs> <laughs> get into that story sometime. Uh, unwelcomely, but yeah, sort of. <laughs> um, you know, and it's led by Scott Lucas. He's been the uh, main dude in Local H all these years, and he's got a brand-new drummer, a dude named Ryan Harding, and they kill it on this new album. I don't even know what the single is. I don't either. Whatever the single is, I don't think radio stations or, you know, any who who plays new music nowadays is playing local age. I'm not hearing I don't it. know. I think pretty much if you want to hear local age, you either better be a big fan and be in the know and buy the album or listen to the Decibel Geek podcast because 
I don't think there's too many other alternatives. Probably not. Not for local age. But to show you that the attention we're giving this band right here today is worthwhile, I'm going to play you a song off their brand new album. Like I said, the album's called Hey Killer. You guys are going to freaking love this. Or you're going to hate me because it's stuck in your head for the next month. Either way, it's a good thing. So right here on the Decibel Geek Podcast, I don't know, it could be the single. If it's not, it should be. And if it is, somebody should play this fucker. But I'm, we're going to play it right now. This is a tune called Gig Bag Road.
See? Huh? That's like number seven or eight spin for me this weekend. Yeah, I, I know. You called me, you know, and I, right. we put in our picks, and Chris was like, this song is awesome. It is. I just I can't stop listening to it. I keep playing it over and over again. And I'm telling you, it the whole album is good. You know, that's that's personally my favorite song on the album, but there's other ones that are in very, very close contention for it. And the whole thing is a good listen all the way through. You know, Local H, they kind of have done like a... They, they've done like um, concept albums oh, yeah. in the past, and they've been kind of known for doing that on and off. But this one seems to me like it's just, it's just a straight-up rock album, and I love it, and I appreciate it. Mm-hmm. You know, I like it a lot. It's I really good. I highly recommend it to anybody. It's out there on Amazon. If you want to go and get it, go through the Decibel Geek link at decibelgeek.com. That's a great way to go grab some new music from a great band like Local H. You mm-hmm. may want to check out some of the bands we've already mentioned, some of these songs that should have been singles. That's the way to do it because when you go through the Decibel Geek link, you're helping us out. Yeah, and there's links in the show notes for all these bands to their Amazon page. Heck yeah, Viva La Amazon. That's right. Oh yeah, they're the, they're our only sponsor, so you gotta <laughs> no you sure. gotta help them help us. Um, so my next pick uh, is a band that I uh, this is an album like it should have been a single. This should this album should have been a hit. It uh, it came out in 1992. Talking about a band named Tora Tora from Memphis, Tennessee. And they put out an album called Wild America in 1992. I love that album. I do too. That's the only Tora Tora album I have. Oh, yeah? I like, I got that and I just love it. Everything love it. on it's good. And it was their, totally. their second studio album. The members of the band were Anthony Quarter, Keith Douglas, Patrick Francis, John pa- and John Patterson. The debut album was an album called Surprise Attack, which had some well known singles like Walking Shoes and Guilty. Which those got some MTV play. Walking Shoes is cool. I remember that one. And uh, but this album it didn't do nearly as well as the first one did, but uh, no less good. It's a I think it's the best album they ever put out. They did have a third album called Revolution Day that was recorded in 1994, but wound up getting shelved, and the band broke up. And uh, but thankfully in 2011, this really cool record company called FNA Records. We we need to get in touch with these guys. They re-released oh, yeah. it. And they've released a lot of these shelved albums that got that never got their their due. And it's, last week Ryan mentioned FNA. Oh, did he? Yeah. yeah. Oh, yeah. Right. And 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 it's uh, you know they they put out they're doing the right type of thing. They're I putting like out it. these albums from I these like bands that we want to hear from. Especially when they take one that was, should have been released a long time ago and never got the time right. of day when it was supposed to, and finally release it all these years later for the fans to hear is fantastic. I love that. So I love every. I honestly and the like and let me go ahead and announce the next albums unleashed that we do will be for Tora Tora's Wild America because that that is one of our criteria yes. and Chris and I both agree on this a hundred percent. Tor Tor's Wild America is a complete It's a perfect album. album. It's it's one of those few perfect albums. You know, if you haven't heard it, you really owe it to out. yourself to go check it out and get schooled up a little bit because we are going to be doing an Albums Unleashed yes. on this because that is our main criteria. It's got to be one of them we albums like, every song. like Slave to the Grind, you know, that we've done, like the Motley Crue 94 album. Yep. You know, those are albums that, that fit that criteria that every song on the album in its entirety mm-hmm. is about as per- perfect as you can get with a rock album and Tora Tora they don't get the credit they deserve but that Wild We're America is a perfect fucking album it is and and I got to meet Anthony about a year ago before the Black Star Riders show I met him at a, at a bar across the street from the club and super nice guy and I've stayed in touch with him on Facebook and I talked to him like a week ago and 
he's down for doing it. Said he has a lot of stories about the making of this album. And uh, we're excited to get him on. So stay tuned for that. That's the next album's Unleashed. And honestly, I couldn't. I had a hard time picking one song off this album to play. I bet. Because a lot of these songs could have been singles. But I decided to do something unconventional. I went to Anthony himself and said, which song would you want to release as a single that nice. didn't get so released? Nice. So in 2020 hindsight, this yes. is what he would have picked to release off of And there. this is his choice. This nice. is Nowhere to Go But Down.
Deep Thoughts with David Lee Roth. I think I bring the sense of humor to Van Halen. The Van Halens have really no sense of humor. On Tuesday, August 25th, Warren unleashed their fiercest album yet. Dog Eat Dog featuring Machine Gun. Man, that music's awesome. Who is that? That is our featured artist this week. That's a band called Psychonaut, and they're from Australia. Right on. I they, dig it. They describe themselves as Australian power speed thrash death rock metal. Okay. Yeah. I'll take that, A little man. bit of everything. Sure, yeah, I like that. They recently opened up for some guy named Ace Fraley in Australia. Not that Ace Fraley. The Ace Fraley. The Ace Fraley? Yes. Holy shit. And the, the uh, music you're hearing is from their new album called Shock 'Em Dead. It's available at psychonaut slash or dash au.com, and I will put a link in the show notes where you can check that out. But good music, and thanks to Psychonaut for being our featured artist this week. Heck yeah. If you want to be featured artist next week or on a future week of the episode, go to featured artists at featured artists at decibelgeek.com. Hey, if it's good enough for Ace Fraley, it's good enough for us. That's right. Thanks to All Mark right. from Psychonaut. He's a big fan of the show. Heck yeah, man. I like that music a lot. That's badass. Yeah, me too. All right. Well, let's get back into it. And hey, talking about Ace Fraley, let's, you know, and you talked about Kiss earlier. Yep. But I want to talk about the individual members of Kiss. Okay. And when it comes to talking about, you know, should have been a single. I think they all got it wrong in 1978. Oh, with the solo album? Totally. Yeah. Every single one of them got it wrong. I mean, you know, again, what do I know? You know, Ace really released New York Groove. It goes to number 13 on the U.S. Billboard charts. Russ Ballard cover tune. You know, technically, technically, it's the biggest Kiss single since Bath. Yeah. But I still would have gone with Rip It Out. Mm-hmm. Or even Speeding Back to My Baby. Or what's on your mind? That had a good pop sound to yeah, it. Yeah, it totally did. You yeah. know, but then again, New York Groove. Yeah, big, big it works. Hit, that was know? the one that got the closest to being right, but the other one's not so much. Well, I mean, yeah, then you look at Gene Simmons and the single off of that one was Radioactive, and that yeah. did make it up to number 47 on the U.S. singles charts, but mm. well, I, I personally would have gone with Mr. Make-Believe. Or Man of a Thousand Faces. <laughs> I like that one, too. They're both good songs. You yeah. know, and Mr. Make-Believe, it's almost like, you know... Gene Simmons was trying to, with the album is so weird, you know, and it's so eclectic. Yeah. But the the radioactive is like the most Kiss like song. Why he released it, I think. Yeah. But he should have gone with something a little different, and yeah. I think Mister Bank Believe might have been a big hit single back then for it was him. It's okay. It could have. You look at the times, you know. But then again, you look at Peter Chris. You know, he releases "Don't You Let Me Down." Ugh. It don't chart. Let's try again, you know, and release. You matter to me. Well, that's even worse. It don't chart either. I would have, you know, if I was Peter Chris, I would have actually gone with the more Kiss type song and gone with Hooked on Rock and Roll. See, I would have done either one of the ballads. Yeah? Would have done uh, Easy Thing or um, the last one, or I Can't Stop the Rain. Yeah? I mean, those are both great songs, Either too. of those, I think, would have charted. But, I mean, that didn't work for Peter because he tried them ballady type songs. I don't know. And Paul Stanley? I mean, come on. I mean, what was released on Paul's? It was, um, oh, it was the ballad, wasn't it? Yeah, it was the ballad. Um, what was, that what song? was the name of it? Uh, 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 together as one. 
Yeah. Oh. No? Was it Take Me Away Together as One or was Take it Take Me t- Away Together as One? No, it's a different one. Are you sure? I don't know. I'm pretty sure it was. I don't have it. my Wikipedia in front of me. Dang it. Now you're going to make me second guess because I didn't. Yeah. Feedback okay. at decibelgeek.com. <laughs> let us know what we did wrong. So what what would you so you from Paul Stanley what For would Paul you Paul Stanley if I mean and it's arguable who had the best Kiss solo album because Ace Frehley's solo album is awesome, but Paul Stanley's solo album is pretty kick ass too. They're neck and neck for me, really neck and neck for me, you know. And uh, but if I was Paul Stanley in 1978, if I was going to release one song as a single off there to give you a taste of what the album was like, you know, and what what the experience of a Paul Stanley solo album could be like for you, I would have definitely gone with Tonight You Belong to Me because not only is that the best song on the album, it's one of the best songs I've ever heard in my whole freaking life. You know, the way it starts out and then kicks you in the teeth. You know, and it's, it's, it's a song, it's an experience, and you're going to get to experience right now. So, from Paul Stanley's 1978 Kiss solo album, this uh, amazing song. It could have been a huge hit, but what do I know? You decide for yourself. It's Tonight You Belong to Me.
So what do you think? I mean, that you think that could have been a single in '78? Yeah, oh, sure. I mean, there were that song had a num that album had a number of songs that could have been singles. I think uh, "Wouldn't You Like to Know Me" should have been a single. Yeah, off that album. yeah. Um, you know, we all have our own personal favorites, but that song sums up the album as a whole because it's got the mix of soft and hard stuff that he had. That would have been a great on one album. a couple of weeks for a couple of weeks ago for us when we did the album openers. That would have been a great yeah, song. Yeah, it's for a great that song. Too. I you know I'd love to hear Kiss break out some of those songs live. You know? Yeah, you know he did that tour in '89. I think was 89 or 88 that the the club tour and he played a lot of that stuff totally and if you have any of the bootlegs from that from that tour it's really worth your time to check those out because it's it's cool to hear those songs done live and you know that album i'll stack that up album with any of kiss's material from that era i remember when we had the ill-fated world series of kiss paul stanley's solo album and ace Frehley's solo album got right down to the end and basically it was it was the solo albums that screwed it up well it got down to ace versus um hotter than hell right and then something happened where it stopped We might have to. We'll we'll talk about that again in July. July soon. We uh, who knows what we're, we got a lot of stuff going on. Wow, Christmas in July. It's right around the corner. I yeah, can't wait. There's a lot being prepared for that. All right. So what do you got next for should have been a single? Uh, okay. So for my next one, this was uh, in this one. This is an easy choice. This was another one that um, we Aaron and I talk about. And another albums on least we want to do in the future is we want to bring Michael Wagoner back to do Warren's Dog Eat Dog album. That's that's another one that's I think a masterpiece it from is. beginning to finish, and that's another one that's buried treasure mm-hmm. and a yeah, lot of songs a lot out of there should have been a single. Yeah, um, is a much maligned album because uh, although it did peak at twenty five on the Billboard two hundred, but Warren in nineteen ninety two, you know, going into that year, you would have thought they're going to be number one because Cherry Pie was such a massive hit, right? But then you remember the old stories about them walking yes. into the record studio and their posters are down and yep. their records are down and there's pictures of Pearl Jam and mm-hmm. all that. You know, that was the time. And this was, you know, when this album came out, the the light switch had already been turned off. But it was such a great album. It's a great album. The Dog Eat Dog album was their third studio album, released August 25th, 1992 on Columbia Records, as I said, produced by Michael Wagoner. The singles that were, they released four singles from this album. They were Machine Gun, Bitter Pill, Hole in My Wall, and Inside Out. I love all those songs. All four are great songs. But it's not my favorite song on the album, which it's hard to believe my favorite song on the album wasn't released as a single, but this is it. This is Warrant from Dog Eat Dog with Quicksand.
See, now that's one of them songs that just, you know, when people look at Janie Lane and they look at Warrant and say, oh, those are the Cherry Pie guys, that's a song right there it's, that just shows the the creative talent of a guy like Janie Lane to be able to put together a song like that. And it's got so much emotion mm-hmm. and feeling in it. And, and uh, you know, it's not the heaviest Warrant song I ever no, heard, that's, but well, it's, it's a pretty damn heavy. good one. Well, the lead guitar parts are great on it. Oh, yeah. Yeah, and, you know... It's it, emotionally heavy, they, for sure. They did... Um, they, they mentioned on the... Because uh, those of you that don't know, Warren's albums leading up to this, uh, there was a guy named Mike, I think Slamer is how you say his name, who wound up recording most of the lead guitar parts on those albums instead yeah. of Joey Allen or Eric Turner. Right. Because at this point, it's kind of like the Janie Lane band. Really. Yeah. And then like, you know, the Cherry Pie solo is not Joey Allen. It's CeCe DeVille. CeCe DeVille, yeah. So a lot of people started talking shit about Joey Allen, saying like, what, what's wrong with Joey Allen? Why can't he blah, blah, blah. Well, when they put this album out, um, Michael Wagner, I believe it was his idea, they put a, a disclaimer in the liner note saying, everything you hear on this album is recorded by the the members of the band. Yeah. And um, they also, like, I think Janie Lane and his thanks was, you know, thanks to Joey Allen for being, like, the, the most underrated guitar player that there is. Right. So this, uh, this album was kind of a coming out party for Joey Allen. Like, the, the guitar playing on that song alone is great, the little oh, double man. solo. And listen to the stuff on Hole in My Wall and Machine Gun. Yeah. And holy shit. But, yeah, it's, it's a cool album, and... Uh, yeah, Quicksand was definitely a, a good choice. Don't ever talk shit about Joey Allen before you listen to this album. No, that's a good album. So that's mine. What do you got next? That's awesome, man. You know, and like I said earlier, you know, I when you brought this to me, I kind of had trouble with it because it was like, you know, well, we just did Buried Treasure, and this mm. is kind of like Buried Treasure, you know, but it's right. like trying to pick a single. But a lot of times it seems like the bands that I like really got it right. You know, look yeah. at Welcome to the Jungle. You know, they got it right on well, that's that That's why one. I view you it know? as yeah, maybe an extra single. Dr. Feelgood. You know, they, they got it right on that one. There's a lot of albums that they, they got it right. But every once in a while you come across something by a band that can totally surprise you. You know, and a band that surprised me all the time, even looking back on their career and the variety of different kind of music they came out with, doubled with the fact of what they looked like Mm -hmm. and what their whole gimmick was, have really come out with some pretty amazing stuff. And the band I'm talking about is Guar. You know, you guys know Guar. They're their heavy metal band, and they got the crazy costumes. And we just lost Odorous Urungus not too long ago. You know, we're still kind of healing from that. But in 1997, they came out with an album called Carnival of Chaos. I don't know how this ranks on popularity with Guar fans, <laughs> but it is one of my favorite Guar albums because it's got so much eclecticity. Is that a word? That's I'm going to use it anyway. Big word like gymnasium. Yeah, I would use it anyway. It's got all that in it. There's a whole lot of different stuff on this album. But when you talked about should have been a single, this was the song that immediately popped into my head. Oh, okay. I had to work hard for the rest of the picks, but this one was easy. <laughs> and I think when you hear it, you're going to agree with me and say, yeah. This definitely should have been a single. It's so catchy, and it's so cool, and I could have totally heard this on the radio in 1997, but unfortunately it wasn't. Fortunately for you, in 2015, you've got the Decibel Geek Podcast, and we're shining a light on stuff like this, so enjoy. I know you're going to have a hard time getting this one out of your head. It's Guar with I Suck on My Thumb.
See? See what I'm saying? Totally. But That's a huge hit single. Gore is like one of those bands that you just won't... You, 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 if you go straight off the image, you'd never expect to hear that. No. You know? No, that's so outside the guar box. It really you is. Know? And I, sometimes I wonder if the image hindered them some. You know? Oh, totally. Because I, if you listen to a lot of guar stuff, you know, I'm a huge guar fan. I've been a fan of guar since as long as I can remember the first time I seen them. You know, first time I heard them. And it, they're just... I don't know, man. It, you cannot take that band and put it into a box and say, this is a heavy metal band. But if you look at their whole entire career, they've done country songs. They've done song like that that should have been a number one hit single. They've done the heaviest of the heavy. Mm-hmm. They've done the comedy, the funniest of the comedy. Guar is a band that I think there's a little bit of everything for somebody to enjoy in that. Yeah, and you know, a lot of general music listeners are never going to hear a song like that. So I'm glad we have our show to right exactly. Turn people that's on what I'm like, saying. look, that's, that's not exactly what you think it is. But that's why you got us. Yeah, exactly. That's what we're here for. That's what we do. So okay, I'm gonna, you know, and I, you know, I, this is a band I've played a few times, which is an understatement. But I'm gonna keep playing their stuff. That's all right, man. Because um, every time you play it, I say I, it makes me like this band that much more. So I is anyone who's not new to the show knows I'm a big Thin Lizzy fan, and have been for a little while. And uh, well, anybody that's been a fan since day one has seen your evolution. Have become of, a Thin yeah. Lizzy fan because I agree. When I was a teenager, I didn't really care anything about them at all. I was like, oh, the boys are back in town. Uh. But um, right, I get that. But yeah, I've got I've dug way into their catalog. I'm a huge fan of them now, and um, so I was like, well, I want to play another Lizzie song because there's a few things that they did not release as singles that I think should have been. They put out the Fighting album on September 12th, 1975, on Mercury Records. This was their fifth studio album, and if you don't know Thin, those of you, most of you that know Thin Lizzie, know like the the twin lead guitar attack that they right. had, always double solos and stuff. Awesome, and that was like their their calling card. Them and Phil Phil Lynott's vocals. Yeah, but totally. um, the albums earlier than this, they didn't have that twin guitar attack. It was a lot more folksy sounding. Like they they struggled to find their sound leading up to this album. And this album didn't really break down the walls for them. The one after it, Jailbreak, was their real breakthrough. Yeah. But I love this album. Everybody knows that one. But this album I consider better than Jailbreak, personally. Oh, yeah? Yeah, I like it a lot better. And, you know, the twin guitar sound was Scott Gorham and Brian Robertson, and uh, just amazing team of guitar players. The singles released off this were Rosalie, which was a cover song, and then Wild One, which is a great slower song. Um, but this song, the whole album's great. We could do an album's unleashed on this. I just got to get somebody from Thin Lizzy to come on the show. That'd be cool. But uh, this is Thin Lizzy from Fighting with a song called Suicide. Came to peace, no 
little bit of rocking double guitar for you there. I like that. See, and it makes me feel good because through the course of the Decibel Geek podcast, Chris, you've turned me into a Thin Lizzy fan. There's some great stuff there. And it's cool because we, and I, I say we because I know I'm not the only one because I know there's a lot of listeners out there that probably are like me that really didn't know a whole lot or give two shits about Thin Lizzy yeah. before. But through the course of the Decibel Geek podcast, man, these backtracks yeah, and the, uh, thin, are where it's at. Thin Lizzy never really had the massive success in America they should have had. You know, they had a couple. Well, like you said, the boys are back ones. in town. Jailbreak. You yeah, know, those tunes like were that. hits. But there's so much more there. And right. like, if you haven't checked them out, you really owe it to yourself because, like, around the rest of the world, they were huge. Right. Like they did. They did really good business for years, and they're still around, just in the form of black black star riders now. Yeah, and I like that a lot. Yeah, I too. love those guys. They're just very awesome. An amazing band. So yeah, Thin Lizzy, I, I had to squeeze them in somehow, right? Well, nice job, man. Thanks. We we appreciate it. <laughs> I'm happy to help. <laughs> <laughs> All right, that's gonna wind us down towards the end of this show. You know, we've picked a lot of songs today. I think should have been singles. I think we had a good discussion. Uh, we talked about Kiss and Cheap Trick and the Ramones and played that new Local H and Tora Tora. We're lo- I'm looking forward to that coming up. That yeah, Always yeah. Unleashed. That's, gonna, that's be gonna be amazing. We we talked about the 1978 Kiss solo albums. We talked about Warren Guar and, of course, Thin Lizzy. All these artists are available at Amazon. That's where the music's at. You want to hook yourself up with some music? The best way you can do it? Hey, you love us here at the Decibel Geek Podcast, and we're providing you with something entertaining every single week. You, you want to check us out? You want to help us out? Go through our link at decibelgeek.com. It's right there at the top of the page. You can't miss it. It's a big old banner. You click on that, it's going to take you to Amazon. Whatever you buy, be it any of these bands that we talked about today, any bands that we've talked about in the past, any bands we're going to talk about in the future, we want you to support them. And by supporting them, you can support us by going through our link at Amazon. That's right. Hey, talking about Amazon, what we like to do around here lately, because it's been so much fun and it's been so interesting, is to talk about some of the things that you guys are buying through the Decibel Geek link through Amazon. So, Chris, what do we got this time? Yeah, there's just a few things that I wanted to mention. Uh, somebody bought a Plantronics audio multimedia headset. Then there was uh, somebody about the Blue Murder album. Right on. See, which you played nice. on the Supergroups episode. Yeah. Uh, the album Icon. Uh, well, actually, it was Icon for it was the Icon series of albums were like greatest hits. Oh, right on. And they yeah. bought the one for Slaughter. Oh, that's cool. See, so there you um, go. And then uh, looks like somebody bought Hair of the Dog, Ignite, and Rise. All three of them. All three Hair of the Dogs. I think we know who that is. We mentioned them earlier. That's right. right. And, you know, we got a lot of messages on Facebook saying that of people over that were going to go out and buy Hair of the Dog. That's awesome. That's why we're here. Rock and roll uh, infomercial, I'm telling you. That's right. Somebody bought Sepultura's Roots album. Right on. That's a great one. Yeah, I love that album personally as I drop my phone and lose what I was looking at. (laughs) Okay. Let's say, hey, it's podcasting. It's not radio. Um, And then also a couple other things. The uh, Pilot Frixion Erasable Colored pencil 12 colors that's very rock and roll um, <laughs> very. frozen olaf's quest for nintendo ds and the pdp ds nerf triple armor pink so okay the vinnie vincent purchased but uh yeah nice. so if you uh buy stuff on amazon we read it off i don't know what your name is so be as freaky as you want to be there you go and uh Buy some expensive stuff, please. <laughs> yeah. The more expensive things you buy, the better. The more not, money we not make. not saying, you know, but just saying. Yeah. But thanks, you guys, for using the link. And, Nobody uh, bought any bunnies. No, no bunnies or anything. As we found out last week from Michael Wagner. 
What? Metal metalheads don't love bunnies. Oh, right. <laughs> <laughs> All right, so that's going to bring us to the end of the show. Of course, we want you to, while you're at decibelgeek.com, hitting that, that Amazon link, stop in, check out what our writers are doing. Of course, we got writers from all over the world. They're at these all these awesome festivals. We've seen pictures of Baco getting lifted up by Crowbot. Yeah. Wearing his Decibel Geek t-shirt. And then what do we see today? Billy Hardaway. Billy Hardaway. He was starting a trend. This is better than planking. You just got to wear your <laughs> Decibel Geek t-shirt, go to a Crowbot show, and they'll lift you up in the air. You take your picture. There you go. You're part of it. Exactly. That's so awesome. <laughs> and then everybody else that's out there checking out all these cool shows that we're missing out on because, you know, no matter where you live, there's something cool going on somewhere, and you can't always be there for it. I mean, we can't just hop on a jet and fly to Ohio. I wish we you could. Know, I wish we could, too. We can't just jump on a plane and fly to Wisconsin. I wish we could, but we can't. But good thing we got these people out there relaying back to us what's going on at these cool places. That's right. And that's where you find out is decibelgeek.com. Of course, you know about Facebook. You hit us up there. That's where the conversation's happening. Like the page. We got a lot of new likes lately. Yeah, we have. A whole lot. It Doing took good. forever to get to 2,000, and now we're just rocketing past that. That's it's right. amazing. Keep it that So like keep fun. it up there. And other than that, you know, just, just check us out every single week on iTunes. Leave us a review subscribe to us you don't even have to do none of the work we come straight to you so we're ready to wrap it up yep okay so i got one to go out on and again you know i was confused by the theme this week so i just decided to pick some new stuff that i really really liked and this is one that i feel like if we don't play him who will who will? I don't know. Rock radio is not going to play it. Hell, satellite radio is not even going to play it. There's no place for this album to be played. So we have to. It's our responsibility. Why? Because he's our rock and Rolodex friend. You know it. Oh, um, Bill Wang. Well, besides Bill oh, Wang. okay. No. Next week, we're going to be playing the new Bill Wang LP. We should. Oh, totally. Yeah. <laughs> Chopsticks and metal. But for now... I got to tell you about the brand new Chips Enough album, and it's called Strange Times. This is a Chips Enough solo album. Can you believe it? No. <laughs> I made such a big deal last year about the Donnie V solo album, which that. was really kick-ass. This one, they're equal. Really? I can't, I, can't, I can't say which one is better and which one's worse because, to me, they both really, really, really kick ass. And we want to interview both of them on the show. And we totally want to interview them <laughs> at the same time, whatever. He'll bring them back together for a reunion. We want to bring them back together for a reunion. We can be the Eddie Trunk. <laughs> as awesome as these solo albums have been, you know? We we don't want to take nothing away from these solo albums because they've been awesome. Yeah, good. But, of course, we'd love to see Chip and Donnie back together in Enough's Enough because, you know, they're awesome together. Yeah. But even apart, they're pretty damn good. So this one came out just not too long ago. I had no idea. All of a sudden, one day, I was just fiddling around on iTunes, and I was like, say what? <laughs> New Chip's Enough album? No way. And I started checking things out on it, and it's like, this is bad ass. So I just went ahead and went on iTunes and downloaded the whole thing. I don't know if it's available on Amazon yet, but it's worth a checkout if you go through the link. Actually, it is. I already linked Have it. Have you? Yep. Nice job, yeah. man. It's totally available on Amazon <laughs> through the Decibel Geek link. This is one, yeah, it's a stretch because I really don't know what I'm doing at this point anymore as far as these picks. But in a perfect <laughs> world, this could be a single. Why not? Because it's awesome. 
and so is the whole album. It's worthwhile to check out. I highly recommend you do. So from 2015, <laughs> hey, that's nowadays. It's brand new. You're going to love it. It's Chips Enough off the album Strange Time, and it's a song called Tonight We Met, and now we're going to fuck. Enjoy. See you next week.
92% of households that start the year with Peloton are still active a year later. 92% because of a bike? Not just bikes. We also make treadmills and rowers. Oh, let me guess, for elite athletes only, right? Nope. It doesn't matter if you're an avid exerciser or new to working out. Peloton can help you achieve your fitness goals. 92% stick with it. So can you. Try Peloton bikes, tread or row, risk-free with a 30-day home trial. New members only. Not available in remote locations. See additional terms at onepeloton.com slash home dash trial. It's NFL draft season, and that means it's time to start thinking about fantasy football. FantasyPoints.com features industry-leading experts and prognosticators using proprietary hand-charted data to help you score more fantasy points. FantasyPoints.com is the place to go for whatever kind of fantasy football you play. Whether you play fantasy football, daily fantasy sports, or do a little bit of everything, Fantasy Points has the meticulously researched content to guide you to victory. And why wait for the fall? Fantasy Points also covers the new spring football league, the UFL. Join the guru, John Hansen, Scott Barrett, Joe Dolan, and other massive names in the fantasy football universe with an exclusive offer. Use code Pantheon for 15% off any Fantasy Points package, including the all-in package, with access to every article, tool, and data nugget that Fantasy Points has to offer. That's FantasyPoints.com and code Pantheon for 15% off at Fantasy Points. FantasyPoints.com, code Pantheon. Score more Fantasy Points. Fantasy Points.